So Isaac and I are going to uh, share this. I'm going to talk and he's going to tell you what I really said. How's that sound? (laughs) Acts 2 is one of those uh, amazing chapters uh, in the scriptures where we find the disciples uh, gathering together uh, to worship Jesus on uh, the day of Jerusalem, uh, in in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And uh, before we go any farther, I forgot, we're supposed to dismiss the kids. Miss Kim standing back there going, hey. So we're going to dismiss the kids back to their classrooms at this time. They can head out, and uh, then we'll continue. In this text, what we find is, is Peter standing up and addressing the crowd. We didn't practice this. Oh, so okay. we're, uh, how much do you want me to say, and then you say? You just, know, just a line. Just a line. Yeah, All right, you ready? Go ahead. All of this is taking place in Jerusalem. Peter stands and addresses the crowd. He tells them about how God spoke through the prophets and how God sent Jesus to earth. How Jesus was crucified and that God raised him back to life. He shared the amazing truth that Jesus is alive and he is the Savior of everyone. Those that everyone was invited by God to share and believe in Christ. To repent and be baptized and to receive the Holy Spirit. And at the end of Peter's address, 3,000 people responded to the Lord that day. Okay, what word was it? Puku, yes. There you go. And as a result of this, the church was born. And they began walking in relationship with one another and with the Lord. The believers were together, and this was all part of God's plan. As we read earlier in the service from Psalm 133, God desires unity. In 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 12, it says, and it should be on the screen here, it says, Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind, to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. The passage from John that was read, Jesus was praying for them to be united. In Acts chapter 2, we see the church was united, and they were encouraged to continue to be united. 
And we find this theme of unity throughout the New Testament. First John, we're called to love one another. First Peter 3 tells us to be like-minded. Paul, in virtually every letter, including Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Yeah. That one, Okuru. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. He told them to live in harmony with each other. And be united in Christ. It is clear that unity was important to God. Unfortunately, the church has not always done a good job at being united. There are disagreements and divisions. And far too often there are splits and fragments and a failure to be united. So what does unity look like today? How do we practice unity? How do we promote unity? As we examine what the early church did, I would ask you to consider what we could do to be like them. Seven things. They met together. That may seem obvious, but it's necessary if you're going to be united. Being together provides opportunity to share and to communicate. To ask questions and to seek answers together. The writer of Hebrews encourages believers toward unity. Chapter 10, verse 25 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Meeting together gives us the opportunity for unity. To encourage each other and to hold each other accountable. To be reminded that God is at work in the lives of his people. We also see that they received instruction together. They wanted to know more about God and about their Savior. Remember, about 3,000 people were suddenly added to the early church. Now, 
Most of them probably had very little knowledge of Christ or of his teachings. So they listened and they learned and they asked questions and they grew in their faith. As we gather together each week, we receive instructions from the scriptures to be reminded of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. How he's invited all of us to be his children. To walk in relationship with him. So on Sunday mornings or in our classes or in our studies, every time we open his word, we have the opportunity to grow in our faith. They also ate together. These were new believers, and so they didn't know each other. So they went into each other's homes, and they shared a meal together. And it resulted in unity. And not much has changed in our society today, has it? A great way to learn about someone is to share a meal with them. Which is why today we are going to share a meal together at the end of our service. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth thing, they prayed together. The disciples knew the importance of prayer. They saw Jesus go off by himself to pray. They listened to Jesus pray. They asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Prayer was important, and they devoted themselves to it. It was another way they were united. As we pray for each other and with each other, it is significant and it is important that we do that with and for each other. And we do that because of what Christ has done for us. Nothing else can bring people together like the power of prayer. Number five. They met together. They met needs together. One of the things the early church did to distinguish themselves from the rest of society was their desire and their ability to meet needs. They took care of each other. 
They valued the individual over possessions. They, they shared in their problems and their burdens and they were willing to meet needs. They followed the example of Christ and they did it together. Jesus met needs. Jesus He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He comforted those who were mourning. And he encouraged those who were downcast. Combining our efforts to meet the needs of others. Well, there's more. Combining our efforts to meet the needs of others is a great expression of unity, of love, of caring and compassion. They praise God together. There's something special when we sing together, isn't there? Psalm 22.3 tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. So it is good and right that we should praise him and we should do so together. To praise him with song, with our thoughts, with our actions, with our prayers, with our fellowship, and with our lives. And we do that together as we are united as believers. It's not only something that was good for the early church. It was something that is good for us as well. Which is why we come together. Though we are different, we are the same in Christ. It doesn't matter where you come from. <laughs> from your, your background or your education. Your status, your influence, your success, or your failure. We are all children of God. Amen. 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 The early church knew this. And so they praised God together. It was significant to them. It's significant to us. They also broke bread together. They celebrated communion. They participated in the Lord's Supper together to promote unity. As individuals and as churches, we may do things differently. But as Ephesians 4 tells us, 
There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope. When you were called. That's okay. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. baptism. One God and Father of all. Who is over over all and through all and in all. And it it is him that we celebrate together this morning. So as we prepare for a time of communion this morning, as we prepare our hearts and our minds in worship to the Lord, we do that together by observing communion. And I'm going to invite you to lead us in our time of preparing for communion. I me invite. Can I? If you have your Bibles, quickly go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. I... English Bible is down there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Chapter 11, verse 28. All the time we do this communion, we do this uh, sharing of the body of Christ and the blood. Uh, I understand that this church does it every Sunday. And some churches, like Pastor said, uh, do do it differently. Some do it two times a month, some do it once a month, some do it every day. The Roman Catholic faith, they do it each time they have mass. They do communion. There's nothing wrong with that. Because it's the command of God that do this in remembrance of me. We do it. But when we do it quite often, we seem to lose touch of what is involved in this holy sacrament. One thing for us to understand is that we have to examine ourselves before we partake that uh, body of Christ. That communion. We have to examine ourselves before we partake. We don't take it for granted. It's a church routine. It's much more than church routine. Verse 28 of that chapter 11 says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat that, that, eat of that bread 
and drink of that cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks condemnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and the many are asleep. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. You see, it's not just passing the plate. We pick the bread, pick the cup. That is the routine. But something underneath is much more important than picking that bread and drinking that cup. Some people have eaten and died. That's what he's saying here. Some people have eaten and are sickly. The body of Christ, is it a poison? No. It's not a poison. That Holy Communion we have every week, is it poison? No. But why would people eat it and die? Because that is why he asks us to examine. Because it's far more than taking that bread and drinking that cup. So as we pass the communion plates now, examine yourself so that you will never be brought into condemnation. We are the children of God. God looks better for us. He wants us to see that kingdom. And he wants us to see that we are his children for real. Not halfway. When you believe in Christ, believe in everything he says, including the communion. We are going to have the communion right now. Before you do that, before you pick up and eat, examine yourself. Am I worthy to take this? Do you, do you have something? You, do you, are you hiding something from God? You know that is impossible because God sees everything. Are you hiding something from your neighbor? That could be possible. Because what is inside belongs to God. What goes outside is what we see. Clear your conscience. Clear your mind with the word of God. That is the only way we can partake and live to partake again. Because if we have animosity in ourselves towards God, towards our neighbor, our coming to church every day, every Sunday is worthless. Our taking the communion every Sunday, every day is worthless. But when we examine ourselves, we will not be judged. Because when we are judged, when God judges us, God is bringing a separation from the world and you so that when you will not be condemned again. When God judges you, he is providing a way of escape so that you will not be condemned. But when you fail to judge yourself, when you fail to examine yourself, you are setting yourself up for the condemnation of God. Why would 
God condemn you for just picking up the communion cup and communion bread. It's only because you did not examine yourself. Design your mind, design your heart. God loves you. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Praise the Lord.
rejoice as we participate in our offerings together in this moment. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. We are saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my
to be the most exciting offering we've ever had, right? That's fantastic. Um, if you didn't give and still want to, there's going to be baskets on the back. You can do that on your way out. So I know you guys are going to pass. Don't even worry about that. Just uh, if you did not give and you want to, you can do that on your on your way out today. Uh, we will we'll invite you to do that. Um, I don't know exactly how we'll do that, but we'll do that. How's that sound? Um, here's the fun thing that we get to do. Another fun thing. Uh, we are going to uh, go eat together. And so there is snacks and food and this and that and a few other things. Courtney, are we all ready out there? We're ready. Okay, so uh, we're going to go enjoy that together. Uh, there's three things we're going to do. I'd like to pray for us. Isaac's going to give us a benediction, and then we're going to sing uh, one more uh, worship song together. And at the end of that song, we can uh, be dismissed to go enjoy some time together. One of the ways they promoted unity, broke bread together, they had communion. We did that. They met needs through this we can do that they ate together we're going to go do that they met together we pray we're trying to promote unity because we are one in christ we are one because of what he's done for us and so uh, i'm going to pray ask isaac to uh, to bless us with a benediction then we'll sing um would you stand with me uh this morning father god i thank you uh, for this morning I, I thank you that we can come together and worship you in spirit and in truth God, I thank you that you are here in this place, that you have shown us how amazing you are in yet another way, that, that we can know that the, the role we play is small and yet significant to you because we're significant to you. I pray that we would look upon others to see their worth and their value in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you love us and that you're with us. In your son's name I pray, amen. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore.
How great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Oh, we see how great. How great is our God. The name above. Good Sunday. All right, go in peace. Let's get something to eat.